Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to DollarCollapse.com with John Rabino, your ringside seat for the global financial crisis. Hi, everybody. It is Tuesday, February 2nd. And let's start today with earnings reports, because finally we're starting to see the impact of a lot of what's happened in the last year on corporate profits and therefore on corporate share valuations. First of all, British Petroleum this morning announced that it lost $6.5 billion in 2015, and it's going to cut 7,000 jobs by the end of 2017, or nearly 9% of its workforce. That's par for the course for the big oil companies. Exxon, for instance, this morning also reported that its profit was down by 58% year over year, and it's slashing its capital spending by one quarter. Now, for the big oil companies, this is really painful, but it's not an existential threat. You know, British Petroleum isn't going to go out of business anytime soon, and certainly Exxon's not. But for the smaller players in the space, Oil falling from $110 a barrel to the current $30 a barrel and still dropping is an existential threat. There are going to be bankruptcies across the board in the shale patch and in the um, the equipment sectors of the oil industry. The guys who sell the rigs and the related gear to oil companies because there, there isn't a demand for that kind of equipment going forward to the extent that there was in the last few years. So you'll see a lot of those guys go bankrupt, too. And to the extent that these guys have issued junk bonds, we're going to see some real carnage in the junk bond market. That's the year ahead. Now, on to monetary policy, which is related to um, the commodities complex, but has a more direct impact on other sectors of the economy. For instance, big Swiss bank, UBS, Union Bank of Switzerland reported a big jump in profits this morning, but came out with apparently terrible guidance. They talked about, quote unquote, paralyzing volatility, making it hard for them to pursue their various business lines. And the stock is down 7% on the news this morning. Um, The rest of the U.S. banking sector is also down hard. And the reason for that is that as interest rates fall in response to things like last week's decision by Japan to push its interest rates into negative territory, uh, we're seeing the yield curve flatten across the board. So in addition to the volatility that's making it hard for bank trading desks to operate profitably, a flattening yield curve makes it harder for banks to lend profitably because they borrow short-term money and then they lend it out longer term. So if there's a big gap between what they have to pay for short-term money and what they make by lending it out long-term, they tend to make a pretty good profit. But if the yield curve flattens, that is, if the long rates fall faster than short rates are falling so that the gap between short and long rates narrows, that's bad for banks. And so that's a big part of the problem for the banking industry right now. You know, normally low interest rates are are good for banks because it lowers their cost of capital. Well, low interest rates with a flattening yield curve is very bad for banks. 
because it leads to volatility and unprofitable lending. And so that's what we're seeing right now. So we're seeing a lot of the big bank stocks fall hard here. And I think that is also going to be a story going forward. It's a story today, but when when they fall beyond a certain point, we're going to start talking about whether they're existentially threatened. And then all hell breaks loose. Then the markets become a lot more um, volatile than they are even today. And the finance companies will lead that volatility. Now, one more very interesting monetary policy story, which might be the most interesting of everything that's going on out there right now, is the hedge fund attack on the Chinese yuan. To understand why this is so interesting, we need a little bit of history. Because once before, there was a hedge fund attack on a major currency. And that was in 1992 when some hedge funds led by George Soros, the uh, subsequently legendary money manager, decided that the British pound was overvalued. Britain had pegged its currency to the German Deutschmark, which was really, at the time, up there with the dollar as the world's strongest currency. Britain's inflation rate at the time was higher than Germany's, which means its currency was falling in value more quickly than the German Deutschmark was. The hedge funds decided that that was unsustainable and that the British pound would have to leave the Deutschmark peg and be devalued very aggressively. So they placed bets um, on that eventuality. They shorted the British pound. And this was kind of a big scandal at the time because these were private sector investors attacking a sovereign nation's currency. And Britain blustered and promised it would never happen. And the the hedge funds said, uh, we don't believe you and we're going to up our bets. And, And so there was some drama there, which was resolved when the hedge funds won, the, the pound was taken out of the Deutschmark peg and devalued aggressively, and the hedge funds made a fortune. George Soros alone made a billion dollars in 1992 dollars. So now we're seeing a reprise of that strategy where um, the Chinese yuan is pegged to the U.S. dollar. The U.S. dollar has risen dramatically in the last couple of years, which means the yuan has also risen against most other currencies. That is making it harder for China to sell things abroad and its economy is slowing as a result. Now, it's a highly over-indebted country, as are all the major countries, but China maybe more so than anybody else, and it's unable to sustain a slowdown in growth. In other words, it could have a financial crisis if it drops into recession in the next year or two, and it certainly could have civil unrest, as people who thought they were going to have pretty decent jobs find out that they actually don't because factories are closing and the economy is shrinking. Well, China doesn't want that, but it also doesn't want to break the peg with the dollar and admit defeat by devaluing its currency. But the hedge funds who are betting against the yuan are in effect betting that China is going to have to do that. And some of the hedge funds, uh, principally Kyle Bass's hedge fund, have been selling other assets in order to raise money to short the yuan. And they're, they're basically betting the farm here. You know, they've sold everything else and they've put this bet on that the yuan is going to fall. And so if they lose... We've got very possibly instability within the uh, leverage speculating community and the banks that finance them. But if they win, in other words, if the yuan is devalued by the 40% or so that these guys are talking about, that's when things get really interesting. The yuan is the currency of the second biggest country in the world. And to devalue it a little bit is to be keeping with the uh, the general currency war theme of competitive devaluations back and forth over a period of years. But to cut its value by 40% means that 
in effect, the U.S. dollar and the yen and the euro all go up by 40 percent, at least against the yuan. And that is a it's like using a nuclear weapon in the currency war. That's a very big deal, potentially really disruptive for the global financial system, because we either have to accept this really dramatic change in the terms of trade. Um, In other words, it's going to be much harder for us to sell stuff to China, and it's going to be much easier for them to sell stuff to us. So the exporting industries in the U.S. will suffer to the extent that Chinese exporters benefit. Same thing with the Eurozone and with Japan. And none of these countries can handle this kind of a disruption. You know, Japan has a demographic nightmare going on where its population is aging dramatically as its debt soars. And it's been trying to devalue the yen lately in order to smooth the process of transitioning to whatever comes next. They've succeeded to an extent lately in devaluing the yen. But if the yen is revalued because China devalues even faster than the yen is being devalued, then that's a huge problem for Japan. Europe has a um, series of crises going on. They've got geopolitics with all these new refugees from the Middle Eastern wars pouring in and causing trouble. And they've got uh, some fatal flaws in the eurozone, which is on the verge of pushing some countries out or at least causing crises in Italy and Spain and Portugal and and Greece again. So they can't really handle a revalue valuation of the euro either. Instead, they have to devalue the euro if they're going to keep the common currency intact in years ahead. And the U.S., of course, is already in a um, corporate profits recession because of the strong dollar. And so let the dollar get even stronger, and that lowers the earnings of our major corporations, which in turn will lower their share prices, which will give us an equities bear market, which we can't handle either. So if China is forced to devalue that compresses the back and forth a little bit at a time currency war scenario into just a few trading days or at at most a few months. And that guarantees massive turmoil for the period in which this is playing out. So this bears watching because it's the kind of thing that you would commonly think of as a black swan, a major out of the blue devaluation by one of the big trading powers. But we kind of see this coming But because we, we see what the hedge funds are doing and we can look at the numbers and see that the hedge funds are probably right. And so that might end up being one of the big stories of 2016, kind of out of the blue. You know, that wasn't one of the things coming into the year that everybody was expecting, but it might be, if not the biggest story of 2016, certainly one of the biggest. Anyhow, that's all for this week. Talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to Dollar Collapse. For regular info and updates throughout the day, go to dollarcollapse.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.